This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Before we begin anything, I wanted to talk about a project that I just launched. Um, I'm super excited about it. It's been like more than a year in the making. Jessica has heard way too much about this. I was not asked to participate, (laughs) which we'll talk about later. No one else was (laughs) participating. No, it's uh, me and one of the writers for the website, Camille Berejik. Uh, She had been writing for like three, four years for my site about LGBT issues. Mm -hmm. And then last year we decided, why don't you stop writing for a little while? All the, cause it's all short term, it's current event stuff. (laughs) And why don't you focus on this long-term thing? And here's the the crux of it. Every time we post something about LGBT rights, mm-hmm. that's not directly connected to religion necessarily, but here, here's a gay couple that's been discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, it's a Christian baker or whatever. But even if when religion's not necessarily involved, you have people chiming in in the comments saying, what does this have to do with atheism? Mm-hmm. As if I'm not allowed to post anything if it's not yeah. directly Hammond, related. There's laws about blogs. I know. And so the response I always want to give is like, if you're talking about LGBTQ rights, Mm -hmm. the only reason we don't have equal rights is because almost always it's because of religious beliefs, Mm -hmm. religious (laughs) people trying to block them, evangelicals trying to block them. I, I've occasionally heard of atheists making the argument that gay people shouldn't be allowed to get married. For non, uh, because the government should be in, should not be involved in marriage. Period. That's but the that, dumbest argument ever. We can talk about okay, that. Okay, we'll talk about. It later. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. But dumbest. In the process, it's like why? How come there are atheists who would say things like, "My atheism begins and ends with a belief in God. I don't believe in God. I'm done. That is all you know mm-hmm. when I tell you I'm an atheist." Mm-hmm. To me, it seems like a very logical extension of that, that you should say, I am not just for LGBT rights, but I am a hardcore advocate for them. Because the same forces that are putting down atheists that say, you know, we can't get elected, that uh, use us as a scapegoat when, you know, hurricanes happen. They're the same people who don't want gay people to get married. And so, I mean, the, we're, we're kind of battling the same enemies here in terms of ideology. Mm -hmm. So the question was, how do you convince atheists that, no, 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 this is not just someone else's issue. This is not just something, uh, yes, maybe you care about it, but no, it's you, should tangential. Be, you it's... should be so gung-ho when mm-hmm. it comes to LGBT rights. How do you make that case? And I can try to make it from things I've read and making those arguments, but like, I'm not gay. So it's hard for me to make that case firsthand. Right. Like, I haven't lived it. I don't know what it's like. Um, And I don't know all the nuance necessarily that someone who's been through that experience and Mm -hmm. can speak to both worlds can. And that's what Camille had. So the project was, Camille, try to tackle every issue involving atheism and LGBT rights Mm -hmm. wherever they intersect. Um, Are those movements parallel? Because a lot of people compare the atheist movement to the gay movement, gay rights movement. Are they the same? And there are places where they're totally not. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Tell us what the difference is. Why should atheists care about these issues? Um, Is there any rational argument you could even try to make that says, you know, these are very different and we shouldn't care about it? Why? Here's an interesting one. We always, it's easy for us to argue why religion is bad Mm -hmm. for LGBT rights. Mm -hmm. Is it ever good? I mean, we know there are religious people who also fight for LGBT rights, Mm -hmm. but like what's going on religiously speaking that makes some religious beliefs 
bad for those issues. And some, like the religious left, which we've talked about before, they're awesome on these issues. Sure. So, like, when does it help? And if you're LGBTQ, why would you be religious? <laughs> and so she talked to people from all these walks of life. Mm-hmm. The book is finally written, and we're now in the process of getting it actually published. Uh-huh. So to make that happen, which involves, you know, not just publishing the book and getting it ready for publication and hiring someone to edit it and format it and getting the cover and the back cover and all the, and the shipping and everything that goes with it and trying to pay Camille for everything we've done <laughs> and reimburse that as much as possible. We started a Kickstarter for oh. the book. It's called The Book's Title, which Camille came up with, and she felt that it was a good combination of both worlds. And I, I like it. it. It it made me, I was like, is this an okay title? She said, no, it is good. It's called Queer Disbelief. And oh, she said the reason that. is um, disbelief, obviously, ties in with the atheist world. Sure. And queer, she said, it is self-description mm-hmm. that a lot of LGBT people use. But also it kind of means unusual. And this is an unusual spot to be in. So sure. that's why that's the title. So Queer Disbelief is the book. If you are listening, if you like what we're talking about, um, if that book sounds like something you'd be interested in, please go to Kickstarter and chip in whatever you can. Uh, that will be going for like another four weeks or something, and then we, we have to hit whatever the fundraising goal <laughs> is. And I will be chatting with Camille for an interview about that book so we can talk more about that nuance soon. We'll release that as like a bonus episode. Oh, I thought I was well. going to get a week off. Yeah, <laughs> You can get a week <laughs> off if you want. But anyway, I, I'm telling you, I have I read a lot of atheist books. I get them in the mail all the time. People saying, can you write about this on the blog? And you write them, too. <laughs> I look at them, and some of them are good. Uh-huh. Most of them don't do anything for me because I am an atheist. I don't need to be convinced of that. And, you know, they're fine. But I'm telling you, reading through Camille's book and reading through the different drafts she has written of this book mm-hmm. and seeing the final product... It is compelling. It is interesting. Like, I learned a ton reading it. And it's just really well written. This is not a compilation of blog posts she's posted before. This is all new material. It's really good. I'm really proud of it. And now we just need to get this through the finish line. So is that's, there a that's tentative release date? Uh, we're going to try to get it out before December. Um, cool. But everything's, so everything's in the works. I've got a couple uh, people on my list I need to check off for Christmas gifts. They will love it or hate it, which we're fine with. Perfect. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get this up strong soon. strong <laughs> But okay. seriously, it's a good book. Please, please, if uh, you know anyone who's interested... Uh, yeah. Supportive. I'm super stoked uh, to read it. Queer Disbelief on Kickstarter. Go search for it and uh, more on that soon. So, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the stuff going on right now. Yeah. Uh, Hemet, this is like old school atheist nights. Yes, I know. We haven't done a night broadcast like uh, <laughs> taping like this in a long time. It's I'm Friday back, nights. I'm yeah. back working 9 to 5. It is 10 o'clock p.m. <laughs> the so babies are asleep. The babies are asleep. Um, the wife least, is asleep. At least for the next five minutes, the babies are asleep. So we'll finish <laughs> we'll this podcast you know very quickly. <laughs> it's an eight-minute podcast tonight. <laughs> okay. I, I want to start with this story just because it's... I kind of want to pat Mormons on the head and say you're adorable. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. It's just I saw Mormons getting so <laughs> excited so over this. And so the story is at Brigham Young University in Utah, they finally announced the other day that they would have in their dining hall 
like a soda dispenser. Bless their heart. Like Coca-Cola will now be sold in the dining hall. And maybe you're wondering, why is that a big deal? Well. (laughs) As the story goes, I mean, there are Mormons and non-Mormons who would say, oh, they have a ban on caffeine. um, And that's the reason why. That is actually not the case. No, I was just going to look up, I think, John... Who does Mormon stories? Oh, uh, John DeLynn. DeLynn. Yeah. Uh, He pulled up a really funny thing about like, is it caffeine or is it hot drinks or is it hot hot caffeinated drinks or is it fermented (laughs) drinks? I'm going to find that. Yeah. The story as it goes is uh, Mormons are not supposed to drink coffee or tea. And the reason, and you're trying to wonder, what's the rule about this? And a lot of people think, oh, well, we're not supposed to drink coffee, tea. Caffeine is the common denominator, maybe. So we also can't drink Coke. And then that was kind of revised later on by the church to say, no, they meant hot drinks. And then you're like, oh, so five years ago, like in 2012, the Mormon church actually released a statement saying, no, caffeinated, like Coca-Cola, Pepsi, those are fine. They're fine. You can have those. But BYU still didn't put it in the dining hall. And they said it's because there was no demand for it. Mm, I'm sorry. I've been in college. There's always a demand for (laughs) caffeine. The students at BYU were like, no, we we totally Uh, want it. They would go to gas stations nearby the school to pick it up and bring it back to campus. (laughs) Those fucking rebels. Like, this is exactly. That's how they're rebelling. they iron their button-down shirts before they go get their two liters of Cokes? (laughs) It sounds like something I would do in college. And so... They so now BYU is saying, well, like they and it's so adorable how they announced it too. They on Twitter so they said they just posted it. a bot a can of Coke saying it's happening. Bless <laughs> everyone like went. So the thing that John posted was um so here's what I've been told during my decade in Utah. This is a, a meme he posted. And he's a former Mormon. He's a former Mormon, a foreman. Uh, caffeinated sodas are okay, but coffee and tea are forbidden because Mormon texts discourage hot drinks. It's not about caffeine. Point two, hot chocolate is okay despite being hot because hot drinks is really meant to be brewed drinks. Point three, iced tea and iced coffee are forbidden despite being cold because they are brewed. But point four, herbal teas, hot or iced are okay despite being brewed because there's no caffeine. It feels it's arbitrary. It's so arbitrary, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, and so what's funny is if you search on Twitter for something like BYU and caffeine and just to see reactions Oh, man, from they've people, been lighting it up. <laughs> The jokes are things like, oh, sure, you wait until the world's going to end on the 23rd <laughs> to do this. Oh, yeah. Is the world ending tomorrow? Oh, we'll talk about that. Okay. The world is ending tomorrow, so I'm told. Again. Um, the reaction Should we was... we this podcast up pretty fast? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when your football team starts one and three. <laughs> you got to do something to keep Take people excited. Take that football, excited. boys. Uh, and the Mormon church actually just bought an old Book of Mormon for $35 million. Now they got to make it up. That's a whole different story. What? <laughs> but basically, everyone has... I mean, imagine the... Remember the Kofifi tweet that Donald Trump made? And yes, everyone I goes crazy that. making jokes, and they're having a blast. That's what happened to BYU over It's the only time Twitter sold. is like a wonderful, wholesome place to be. It's when we can <laughs> all decide on one person to make fun of. Now, if you... If you take away the, oh, I feel happy, I'm glad something nice happened for the people at BYU, and you step back and you're like, wait, for religious reasons, they banned caffeinated drinks, or they thought they banned caffeinated drinks. <laughs> they, may, like, they certainly may or may not have banned caffeinated drinks. This is the weirdest story. It's, this should be weird. We mm-hmm. should, like, And every story I've seen in the news about this Coke machine that's now in the dining hall <laughs> is like, hey, look, Wait, they made this change. I'm it's sorry. <laughs> I want to make this clear. Is it like a Coke machine or, or is one. it like 
they now distribute it at their like. Uh, they student. have, as far as I can tell, there's like one machine in the dining hall that everyone uses. That's literally the most. And precious they're selling thing I've it. Ever heard? They're selling it at like the uh, wherever they have their football games at concessions. Football stadiums. Yeah, I don't know what their stadium <laughs> is if it's called something else, but yeah, I bet it's a football that, stadium. That might be the case. <laughs> Listen, I haven't slept in days. <laughs> But so they're selling it there too. What's funny, the BYU campus in, um, I think, Idaho, maybe that's the super conservative one, Uh even for BYU. They're not selling it there. Well, this is strictly at the Provo campus in Utah. So it's still controversial. But it's, you take a step back. Every news story is talking about how this is a big change and students are very excited. But like, step back for a second and realize wait, it's, kind of absurd that this was an issue yeah. within the church like this was a make or break sort of thing for a lot of man yeah Mormons, Mormons are like, why f- are we having this discussion this isn't even birth control in the Catholic Church yeah. like something serious this is coke in Mormonism yeah Mormons I find to be one of the trickiest sort of religious groups to zero in on because really and truly as individuals, Mormons tend to be the like kindest and tidiest humans that have ever human. But like, as a group, they've had some pretty shitty things <laughs> that they've done and said. Yeah. Um, These are the people that didn't let black people become clergy until like what 1978. Yeah. Until oh hey, we were wrong about that oh, one. Oh God, I misread this. Look at oh, it's brown, not black. So you still can't be in heaven. Sorry. Um. So congratulations, BYU, I yeah. guess. You know, I we should a- remind me to ask um, Ross and Carrie from yes. Ross and Carrie because they joined the Mormon church. They did temporarily. And Carrie for has a, an episode. affinity for hot drinks. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to do some recon that on that and see what well. happened. No, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I'm writing a note. Very good. Uh, so congrats, BYU, I think, I guess. I'm happy for you, maybe. But it's still kind of weird that it's this just was so an issue. weird. Like. What a fucking whatever. It's fine. You know <laughs> don't, what? Don't rain on their parade. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to wake up all your kids yet. Um, I want to go to a story about uh, a more serious story. There is a writer, longtime journalist. Her name is Sally Quinn. Uh, if you've seen the website On Faith, where they publish mm. a lot of different religious essays from different backgrounds, she founded that. Um, she has like a history in the world of journalism. Everyone knows her. So. She started the On Faith website because she liked this religious discussion thing. Mm-hmm. So Where she, did she stand on the religious? Well, she is quote-unquote spiritual, okay. whatever that means. And she just published a book. It's called Finding Magic, a Spiritual Memoir, which I thought that's a perfect title because that's, that's all it is. That's cute. Which I don't think is what she means by it, but okay. It's cute. But okay, here's where I have issues with her. Um Years ago, in 2012, Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama, she wrote an essay where she basically argued, she said this, and I'm quoting this, this is a religious country. Part of claiming your citizenship is claiming a belief in God, even if you're not Christian. Um, foof. Man, you lost me somewhere. Could you repeat that? I'm yeah. not sure this where you lost me. This is a religious me. country. Part uh-huh. of claiming your citizenship sure, is I'm claiming there. a belief in God, even if you're not Christian. See, that's where you lost me. You lost yeah. me at the end part? <laughs> so, at the beginning, actually. As you can guess, atheists complained about this, because really? what the heck are about you talking what? about? 
So she wrote a follow-up where she was what she meant to say. <laughs> no, what I meant was Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, she said Sorry. what I meant to say is that it's, you know, de facto religious. You don't have to be, but like societally speaking, most people are religious and it's really hard. Like <laughs> she's just she digging saying America is like opt out vis-a-vis religion. <laughs> <laughs> that it's that it's culturally Christian. You're it's just, you the just point have to is check the box to get yourself off the mailing list. <laughs> it just really didn't help, okay? So here's the thing. Now she, let's say that was a big mistake she made, and then she tried to apologize for it. A okay, let's give her the benefit. She made, and that her editor made, and that the publisher <laughs> made, and then she made again. I don't know how many rounds of editing it went through with those. At posts, least an editor, one would hope. One would hope, but I've written things that get posted that I don't know who's reading it. But it's me. I'm reading it. Yeah, I'm your editor. Thank you. Mm-hmm. She went on uh, MSNBC Morning Joe this week to promote her book. Okay. And so they're talking about religion. The magic book? Uh, the magic book. Okay. And she was telling the story about her own kind of religious journey here. Oof. And I'm going to quote what she says here. And she's talking about her friend and On Faith co-founder, John Meacham, uh, who has his own journalism. Uh, he's written a lot of best-selling the books Jessica and stuff to like her that. Hammett? Yes. <laughs> So she's referring to John Meacham here, and here's what she says. We were having lunch one day, and we were talking about faith, because John is a religion scholar and a practicing Christian, and I announced that I was an atheist. So this is a while ago. while ago. Oh, like pre? Pre. Okay. I announced that I was an atheist, and I had been an atheist since I was four years old. And John said, you're not an atheist. Oh. And I said, yes, I am. And he said, no, you're not. And he said, you're not a negative person. And the word atheist is a negative word. It means you're against something. Mm. That is not who you are. Sir. I'll pause there for a moment. Ah, that's not how language works, (laughs) my friend. You're not a negative. I get the atheist means you're not religious. You don't believe in God. But the idea that atheists are negative... We that are is, not negative. Well, We're just no, no, angry you, at everything. You and I personally are yes, angry, but, but not atheists. us as a collective. <laughs> the broader atheist community <laughs> I've met, is just 75% I assume angry. I've met not negative atheists. <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> and I love this, the idea that you could just say, you're not really an hey, atheist. Also, just really quick. That conversation never happened. I'm telling you that right goddamn now. There was no, that conversation did not happen. John Meacham went on to say oh. in Sally's <laughs> words. Sally I'm Quinn's sorry. Words, did you see John Meacham or quote fingers John Meacham? Quote fingers John Meacham said. Uh, Sally Quinn says, that was a new thought. And then he Christ. said, look, you don't know anything about religion. If you're going to be an atheist, you, at least you have to learn something about it. And so he gave me this long reading list of religion books. And he said, go off, read these books, and then come back and tell me you're an atheist. Unquote. So it just gets worse. So, okay. <sighs> All right. Sorry. I just had you to You don't my know anything about religion. Um, so. Because you're an atheist. So in order to say that I don't believe. So, Okay. Okay, headphones are back on. So in order to say I don't believe in God, I have to do thorough research on every religion? I think that's the insinuation. Because my question would be like, oh, you say you're a Christian. You don't know anything about the other Christ- the other religions. Like, go read a book on Hinduism and Judaism. They don't and study the Quran in other Sunday school. No. Other people know. Like, it's, gar- again, can't stress this enough. 
not a conversation that ever happened between two humans. <laughs> it sounds like a pastor's story that they tell in church where it's oh, like, oh, God. sure, this happened You're to you. Th- or like I'm when sure st- you met someone on the airplane and you had this conversation. <laughs> or like happens when, all the time. Or like when stand-up comedians are like, so I was walking to the <laughs> joint tonight and a guy bumped into me and I said something fun. Yeah, at least the fun comedians are like, so this happened the other day for the purposes of this joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the joke world. Um, yeah, so I... I don't know why that bugs me so much when people say like I had that like there's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole this is a sidebar there's a whole Facebook group called Th- that child did not say that and it's just people <laughs> being like the other day my child looked at me and was like I think I'm a communist and the <laughs> pers- person said well what do you believe in and then the kid says I guess I'm a Republican after all and it's like. Nope. <laughs> no. I'm glad you got a meme out of it, but yeah, that's not what your kids It's said. just literally like <laughs> I it's like what a child does. Yeah, make just, just y- make Hey, look, that story perfectly up. fits your point, doesn't it? It's fucking um, garbage. And like the, and yes. Yes, the story is completely false, but also like <laughs> that's a dumb thing to say. So it's invaluable in every possible Which is my what issue did, with what did it, Joe right? and Mika say? Uh were they you know what? Mika wasn't in that clip that I saw. Oh. Uh, I don't. I, Joe didn't say anything except asking the leading questions because she's a storyteller, so we let her speak. But one of the things to point out here, in 2010, the Pew Research Center actually did a survey, how much religious knowledge do you have oh, of yeah. various religions? Who scored number one on that list? Of atheists. Course atheists. Of course did. we did. Also, that's we, like that's f- why we're atheists, because <laughs> we know friendly, about these religions. That's a friendly atheist special. We bring that up once an episode. I'm pretty sure we do. <laughs> Um, my friend Andrew Seidel said something like, the road to atheism is littered with Bibles that have been read cover to cover. Yeah, who is it that said, like, the best way to make an atheist is to read the Bible? Yeah. Somebody Everybody, said that. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> by the way, Sally so Quinn wasn't podcast. done yet. She went on to say oh, in her story one. that she read these books, and then suddenly she turned oh, spiritual, Oh, she read all the books. Good I'm job. I'm sure she did. Congrats. Uh, then she said, the other thing that was clear is, I was an angry atheist. And that doesn't really make any sense because if you're angry at God, then you must believe in God. Just going to pause for a second. Mm. Uh, Angry atheists aren't angry at God (laughs) because we don't believe that God exists. That was the other weird, like, we, we're not angry at God if we're angry about stuff. We're angry at what people who believe in God do in his name. Uh-huh. There is a difference. Correct. The fact that she can't articulate what most atheists believe, she's like the Kirk Cameron type atheist, yes. which is to say you used to be an atheist, but it was probably more like you were just apathetic and didn't care anything about religion. Like most people or don't. Or you were like mad at your time. parents for making you go to church or yeah. like something really petty. And therefore you're an atheist, yeah. but you put no thought into it. You don't actually have any reasons for it. So no. it's like the, we've, I think we've had this conversation where it's like, is a baby an atheist? I mean, they don't believe in anything, but like they aren't thinking about being an atheist. But here's the other thing, Hammond, like it's different. You've got like a five minute old son, like how eager are you to pin like weird shit on him like that like well he's a young little democrat (laughs) (laughs) yeah already (laughs) the indoctrination has to strike young there's like a a big button that said bernie 2020 (laughs) today i thought that was weird and unsafe because babies shouldn't have sharp his hair does look bernie-ish but (laughs) but that's the thing like just because what she's saying in all this is like she doesn't actually care much about the atheism and i'm not trying to label her for her that's the problem we're arguing against no. but it's like okay you're basically slandering atheists the same way you did it years ago mm-hmm. and it's still wrong but like still... this doesn't fit the description of but any other atheist i know she's trying to um 
to uh, undercut atheists like from within. Like, I used to be one of you, and this is what it's really like. And it's a garbage thing to say because it makes right. no sense, and it's founded on lies because these conversations never happen. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing you hear from uh, Christians who say, I used to be gay, but now I'm straight and I have a family, and therefore you can do it too. Uh, it's like, first, let's go back a for a second. Other ball of I, I want to take issue with what But also, you I feel like first. that's a thing that is said to uh, things like that that are. Like, the height of strawmanism, right? Like, of, here's a really, like, general thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to cut it down with this, like, quirky turn of phrase. And it's, I feel like, a thing that a lot of, um, a lot of religious people get away with. And we, we've talked about this a lot before, about, like, why a Trump maybe became president or maybe is appealing to, to many people who have looked up to authority figures their whole life, right? Of like, you go to church every Sunday and somebody talks at you and you don't really think critically about it. You don't try to parse it. It just feels good. It feels like a good thing to say. So I feel like that's kind of the same thing of a person will say that to you and it feels like it has weight, but it means... And the spirituality type of stuff definitely makes you feel good if that's yeah. what you're looking for. But even if like you're saying this to an atheist of like, oh, well, I realized I was just mad at God, so blah, 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 blah. Like, it feels like it means something. And if you're a good public speaker, like, it <laughs> sounds like it has weight, but it's fucking garbage. Right. So it was frustrating because yeah. it's the same thing I saw five years ago and now she's doing it again. That was annoying. Like, to what end? I mean, obviously to sell books is the end, but like... <laughs> the Yeah, that's the approximate, like, thing she was trying to do. But I think she's trying to say, look, there is the spirituality thing out there. And that's the <sighs> argument she's trying to make, that atheism is empty of something and you got to fill it with anything, apparently. Well, I fill my but emptiness with wine. That's... Much more useful than Thank I you. think the spirituality Tonight stuff. we're drinking flip-flop wines, Left Coast Cabernet Sauvignon. It was $5 it's at pretty good. a jewel. You don't know. I, I don't know. You it tastes like wine. You literal vinegar last time you, you were could over. Pour, you could pour me uh, anything you wanted, and I would red, white, whatever, and okay. I would just yeah. say wine. Just, just to be clear, the last time Hammett was over, and I gave him a glass of wine because I was like, I hate this. This is garbage. Do you want to drink it? And he sipped it. He's like, tastes like wine. He left, and I took a smell out of the bottle, and I dumped it down the sink. <laughs> You drank that whole fucking glass because you don't appreciate my backwash. Gross vinegar wine. No, no, no. <laughs> the bottle. I dumped the oh, bottle okay. down the sink because it was trash. Tastes the same as it's, every wine I've ever. That's did. why I okay. bought five dollar wine. Good job. Uh, I think it's got a screw top because I'm gonna bring it home. Are you ready to spit out that wine you're about to drink? No. Uh, uh, yeah. Hold okay. On, yeah. Start sipping. All right. Let's talk about what happened at Wheaton College because this is oh, disturbing as fuck. hell. And but, in our neck of the woods. And in our neck of the woods, which is disturbing too. So. Wheaton College, Evangelical Christian School, Billy Wheaton Graham. Is five miles away from where we are, yeah. maybe 10. Billy Graham graduated from there. Pretty much all the, a lot of young Christians, older Christians who are big names in the evangelical world have ties to Wheaton. Just to be clear, when I was job hunting, they're hiring a lot of people in my profession, like writers, communicators, things like that, because every time I was like, communications professional. Tell me you interviewed. No, I just couldn't. I just Aww. couldn't. And I thought about doing it and not even like as a goof. It was just like as a, I've been unemployed <laughs> for two months and <laughs> this podcast does not pay my bills. <laughs> one day, man, one day. Oh, man. So we did this for a living. You do this for a living. Fuck off. Yeah, sorry. Uh, one day. So Wheaton College. Yes, sorry. They will kick you out if you have premarital sex. That's yes. against their rules. They will kick you out if you're in a committed same sex relationship. Mm -hmm. Ergo doing gay things. How That's against the rules. How do know if you've had sex? Is uh, it just like if you get knocked up, they've... Well, if you get knocked up, they have proof. But together? if they find out, they'll question How? you. I don't know. People tattle. 
at. Do, maybe, they, do they do the thing where they wave the sheet at the wedding night and make sure it has blood? Like <laughs> oh Italians maybe did that? I don't know who does that. It was, but they I mean, will kick you out for this sort of thing. That's what they do. If uh-huh. you do the, if you break their ridiculous rules, they will kick you out. They will expel. You're not allowed to watch porn. That that's a fireable, expellable <laughs> offense too. Okay. Faculty members will get fired. Mode, guys. This is not. <laughs> Faculty members have to believe in a literal Adam and Eve if they want to keep their jobs there. Whoa, literal Adam literal, and Eve, like six thousand year old. Hey, well, Hammett? not six thousand. You have to believe in a literal Adam and Eve, even though Hammett? they don't necessarily force what, creationism, what which I makes be- even I, less sense. What if I believe in Adam and Steve? Uh, not even. You're not getting an. You're not getting a second interview. With oh, this one. I should have so, replied. <laughs> they'll kick you out for those violations. More than a year ago, this is what happened. Okay, let's talk Somebody about this. Somebody did something objectively worse and they got kicked out because that's how laws work? You screwed that up. That is not right. All right. Here is what happens. You're remembering it wrong. <laughs> I had to think about that first. Five <laughs> players on the Wheaton College football team apparently barged into some kid's dorm room. I think he was a teammate of theirs. They barged into his dorm room. They basically assaulted him, tied his wrists and legs in duct tape, and took him out of the room, kind of kidnapped him and threw him in the car. And now maybe you're thinking, okay, it's some hazing. This is some sort of weird football maybe thing that they're doing. But they take this kid and they take him in the car. If you want to call that hazing, I think it's stupid. But that's not like the worst thing necessarily. It's just stupid. I mean, hazing is dumb on its face. But like... So then this gets worse. They're driving in the car. First of all, they play... The victim doesn't know who these people are because he didn't see them barge in, I guess. They start playing Middle Eastern music. They start talking shit about Muslims. So this kid thinks this is part of a terrorist attack or something. Oh, no. Yeah. Then they talk... Because if you're trying to stereotype Muslims, what do you say? They say, we want to... I'm going to... The Chicago Tribune reported this, and they used sanitized language. Okay. Let's not do that. Uh, They basically tell these kids, we want to fuck goats, because apparently to them, that's what they do, uh, Muslim people do. Then they patted his foot and said, you'll be our goat for the evening. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's bad. Then, as they're still driving, and the victim has no idea what's going on, uh, they pulled down, this is from the Tribune article, they pulled down his shorts and tried inserting something into his rectum. Like, they're raping him. Yeah. I don't know what happens. I'm not going to try to figure out whether this qualifies as rape or not, but he resisted. But they punched him. They basically took him then to a field, like a baseball field near campus, but not on campus, and dumped him there. And without his phone, by the way. So he doesn't know what to do. He was new to the area, by the way. Doesn't know what the hell to do. The only reason he got back home is because I guess they did this sort of thing to a second kid who was dumped on that field. And his friends came looking for him and found him. And so the friends brought back both of those guys back home safely. Um, But okay, this happens more than a year ago. The victim obviously reports it to the school. And the school says they launched an investigation. That was more than a year ago. Before the Tribune article came out this week, all five of the guys were still on the football roster. Cool, yeah. Three of them played a week ago this past Saturday in the game, Mm -hmm. and nothing happened. The only thing that happened when the Tribune report came out was that police, like not Wheaton College, but police, had basically arrested the five guys and charged them with, uh, I'm going to quote this, aggravated battery, mob action, and unlawful restraint. So sounds like rape should have been in there. Let's hope the justice system does whatever it has to do here. 
So the question that I would love to know is, oh, I haven't even told you one aspect of the story that's really horrible, another one. But Wheaton administrators, what were they doing for the past year that these kids were still at school, still on the football team? Well, wait, okay, just to go back over it, at any point when they were assaulting this young man, did they also yell, I don't believe in Adam and Eve? Uh, They did not say that. Oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. They did not say they were having premarital sex either. Okay. So I guess it didn't... Did they have consensual sex with each other? (sighs) No. Oh. So... They didn't, they didn't. So it sounds like they didn't do anything wrong. In the administrator's eyes, that's what it sounds like. They sat on this for a year and did nothing. I'm sure they said, I'm sure they hired an investigator, so, but they didn't do anything. Here's what I don't get. Even if uh, we were talking about a similar situation at another school, you would think while the investigation's going on, those kids are not going to play. Or we're not punishing them, but you're not going to play. Of consequences for your Fucking actions, you right. nightmare humans. And if the school says this is one kid's story and everyone's denying it or something, I'm trying to figure out the other side of this here. Even if they said that, you would say, well, we got to investigate this. So you're not coming to school or you're not playing on the team until the investigation is complete. And once it's complete, and then if you are, I don't know, innocent of any guilt charges, we'll <sighs> deal with it then. But for now, whatever, here's what we're going to do. You know what Wheaton did? They did punish them in the year off. What was their punishment? They couldn't believe in Adam and Eve. That's not the thing. The several players were required to perform 50 hours of community service and write an eight-page essay about their behavior. Are they six? (laughs) That's what Wheaton had these football players do. Also, it's 2017. We do word counts. We don't do page (laughs) lengths anymore, you dicks. Um. Which means, which, what that tells me is Wheaton said, you did something wrong, so we got to punish you for it. But apparently, whatever they did wrong was, uh, I guess a paper would make up for it. Now, <sighs> let me tell you this. Yeah. After this story came out that they've been arrested, first of all, this became national news, so good. Yeah. Second thing is, it's not Wheaton's first you incident. You love when people get a little spotlight on our corner of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the first time dealing with this sort of what the hell's going on at Wheaton sort of thing, because... Uh, in a minor issue, like several months ago, someone put up like a gay pride rainbow flag in their dining hall. It should not have been there. They have flags of other countries in their dining hall. Sure. But as soon as Wheaton found out about that, it got taken down in a heartbeat. Well, yeah, some things are important, Hammond. <laughs> this is the same school that a year ago, and this, I think, has something to do with this case we're talking about. Uh, more than a year ago, they had a professor who wore a hijab and posted oh. on Facebook saying, I stand in solidarity with Muslim me, women. I remember that. And then she also said, Muslims and Christians worship the same God. And that was that heretical. That super great. They had like a whole, we got to investigate you. We got to decide whether to fire you. They ultimately decided, I think, like they weren't going to fire her. But the pressure was so bad from their donors that she's like, I'm finding another job because screw all of you. And she did. She found another job. But that happened a month before this football incident took place. And I wonder if the reason they didn't act on it quickly is because they just suffered all this bad publicity and they didn't want more. And by the way, one more thing. I guess some kids at the school did a skit. I, I'm not reading this one. They did a skit a while ago where they if acted like... If white skit, it's like homophobic the, 90% of the time. Oh, not homophobic. And Islamophobic? They were wearing KKK masks, hoods. 
not not saying me. not saying the KKK what? is good, but they thought it's were they satirizing the KKK? That's I think that's their argument. We were just acting like them for the sake of a production. It wasn't good, whatever it is. Like it's no well, judgment involved here. So they Wheaton is not known for having good judgment from some people on campus, and I'm not. I know people from Wheaton. They're not like this. Here's the good thing, if there's anything good at this. When I was friends is from Wheaton. <laughs> when I was searching for this story, when it happened, there were so many alums, graduates of Wheaton, what who the were fuck just did like, they say? Oh, n- everyone I saw was like, what the hell is wrong with Wheaton? What, what are <gasps> really? they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, Hands down. They I were, actually feel good for a half a second. I haven't heard a single person, Wheaton or otherwise, saying, defending anything the administration really? did. And a lot of these graduates were pissed off that they pressured the Muslim, the, the Muslim-friendly teacher to get out of They were pissed Haven't off about you that. You warmed my cold, dead heart for a second there. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yeah, they, they were pissed off because they're furious that the administration is not doing anything sure. about this. Christian schools have a reputation. I, I know all schools have a reputation of not taking sexual assault seriously. Oh, but yeah, Christian I've heard schools, about that. Christian schools, especially because if a woman says, I've been a victim or I've been assaulted, well, that means she's sluts. broken the rules of sex and therefore she stands to like, I can't, they I have a lot can't, of issues. I can't. So a lot of these Wheaton grads are like, my school is, this is infuriating. Now here's the downside of that. All those people are saying that, which is good. I'm glad they're speaking out and de- trashing their al- alma mater. I don't think they're the ones that are the ones giving big money to the school. That's a good point. And so that's the concern because... Wow, it's almost like capitalism is fucking shit over mm-hmm. again. I and can't y- believe it. And if we don't know how much of this had to do because those kids were on the football team and not nobodies. Yeah, that's. I, I'd like to kind of dive into that. So there's, I think, a couple factors to consider, right? So there's that they're football players. And I think their victims were both football players too on the team. And it's... I mean, worth noting that they were, I, I, I actually don't know. Or they're all white men, right? Um, the five pictures that I saw, yes. I believe are all, at least. Just based on looks, yes. So the things that you told me that happened, one was an LGBTQ thing with the rainbow flag, and one was mm-hmm. with a woman. And those things were addressed pretty fucking quick. <laughs> yep. But a thing that physically harmed another person yep. has just kind of stalled out. At, it took at least a year for this investigation. And even then, nothing has really happened right. in the eyes of, of Wheaton. Yeah, they, they, the guys, the, the football players, they were apparently in court this week. So now stuff is starting to happen. Sure, but not... But not by the school. Not, yeah, it's not like Wheaton did... Well, I mean, again, eight-page essay, but... Oh, sure. Oh, God. (gasps) What I wouldn't give to get my hands on those essays. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey, anybody who's listening, (laughs) I will give tens of dollars Size 18 font. (laughs) That's exactly right. I don't know why it makes me so mad that they did page count and not word count. (laughs) Like, come on. But um, I love how that's the detail you're you're sticking with. Because I'm a pedant. Um... (laughs) But the other thing is definitely worth talking about is this, um, the fact that they're football players. And that's the thing. So I've, like, not that I can claim moral high ground for most things, like I'm the worst a lot of the time, but I have sort of made a conscious effort to remove myself from, like, watching football anymore. I don't, really? I don't watch, because my, my husband and I used to, like, watch Bears games all the time. And, I mean, there's like, a lot of reasons not to watch Bears games right now. Yeah, yeah good one sports reference <laughs> that really ne- you really got our market Emmett is our sports boys 
I have watched a little bit of the games both weeks so far, and it's just, and is it bad? It's just I don't know. Sad. I haven't. It's so sad. The thing is, like, the nice <laughs> thing about following sports is, like, when you're in Chicago, your your go to small talk is always going to be about sports. Yeah. And like, I follow football. I follow hockey. I can bullshit about f- basketball. Yeah. But when people like I have removed myself so hard from <laughs> football, people like somebody like said a new quarterback question mark right. to me. And I was like, I don't hear like he was literally like, how is Schmerkfren doing? And I was like, <laughs> like, I thought he was talking yeah, about a friend of Glenn mine. And not I was good. Like, I don't They'll think stick I in Trubisky, whatever. Um, but anyway, but my point is I've, I've sort of removed myself from you're not from the only one. There was a football. commentator, a football, like high, a sports commentator on broadcast ESPN or one of the networks who said, you know what? I'm not going to be an announcer for this yeah. anymore. Because I don't want to add any complicity. That's to this exactly sport. right. It's about complicity, right? I don't want to be complicit in like one of the part of the viewership, which I know, like my one person who like passively watched it anyway isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has sort of just become this sort of moral issue that I've had that I don't. It's exactly it. I don't want to be complicit in this anymore. I don't want to sit and watch people inflict brain damage on each other and nor do i want to watch people who get away with garbage like this time and time again because we have as a society we are willing to put like the bears winning a game over literally a woman's safety or a person's life or apparently or, this victim's or this, safety this this this, man, this young man's safety because we care, like, sports are so glorified. And do not get me wrong. I am a sports fan. Like, I cried when the Cubs won, won the World <laughs> Series. I've been a Cubs fan my whole life. I love sports, irrationally so. But, like, as soon as we have footage of somebody beating the shit out of his wife, and that's not an, And it's more important to... Not just to football officials, where there obviously are to blame, but there are many, 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 if not the majority of fans are willing to overlook that Ben Roethlisberger has been, I think... I don't know if it's accused or anything else. He was definitely accused. I'm not sure if it went... But anyway, like, has almost certainly raped people, like, allegedly. Allegedly, don't sue me, Ben Roethlisberger. I have zero money. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, people are willing to overlook that garbage. And I mean, it's everywhere, right? Like, it's, it's celebrities of all stripes. But for some reason, football, because I think because it celebrates male aggression. Yeah. It's a very traditionally like tribalistic male thing. And I, I talked to somebody on Facebook about this. Like there is an element of tribalism in, in sports. That's probably not the most healthy, but I don't necessarily have a problem with that as a thing. I think people are tribalistic as a sort of rule. And it's, in most ways, a pretty healthy outlet to be like, mm, fuck the Cardinals or whatever. <laughs> it's better than the alternative where you're doing it in real life. Yeah, like literally people. murdering people. Yeah. But to me, like football, I'm just fucking done with it. I'm done with these men being excused time and time again for being horrible human beings and abusing people. And is it fair to, and I say this to someone who's probably still going to watch this weekend, <laughs> is it fair to say the whole sport screw it because of what certain players do i not necessarily because of what certain not necessarily because of what certain players do i think there's two things i think there's one if players are doing illegal can i rephrase that yes if the nfl took action on those players the way they should in Uh your opinion then would it be okay to watch the sport 
Um, so there's two reasons, right, that, like, I have an issue with, with football, and one is certainly that. So, like, yes, if the NFL held anybody accountable for their actions, and you know how fucking into accountability I am, because <laughs> there is none anymore. Um, God, I sound like a kids these days person. Well, no, like, they'll give them, these here, days. you beat someone, here's a two-game suspension. Exactly. But Tom Brady and the footballs, you get, like, four. Right, like, that's right. Your, Right, 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 right. So, yes, I think that would soften it. But to me, like, the fact that we have proven explicitly that the kind of impact that happens in professional American football is like brain damage and definitely like that. causing brain damage, mm-hmm. long-term effects, violence, suicides, drug addiction. I, I think it is... Honestly, it's for me getting to the point where I'm starting to view fo- professional football as immoral. And I'm not like... I don't think you're alone on that. I'm not willing to like pick it in front of Soldier Field or anything like that. But like, I wonder... Like, I've, I've seen a lot of... I was talking a lot about articles this week of like shit millennials are killing. So like diamonds <laughs> and golf and, and napkins. And napkins. <laughs> and um, Hooters and okay, TGI Fridays. Y'all, I am a diehard feminist until I die. I love Hooters wings and I will for the rest of my life. When I my husband I love and I, how that's the end of the long <laughs> football. Band. I love Hooters wings. I love them so much. There's one near my house. I go there a lot. I fucking love Hooters and I tip really goddamn well. Um, <laughs> uh, but but just we have proven that like the consequences of football are such that people are dying. And there, I think, is no moral excuse. And the other thing is they keep trying to, like, update rules to be to lessen uh, cranial impact, from what I understand. And people fucking hate it. <laughs> people hate it. They get mad. They say, let the boys play. They say, like, no. Trump this- said it at a rally earlier. Well, Trump's a garbage human being. I don't yes. give a fuck what Trump has to say, even if he agrees with... Oh, did he agree with me? I got, oh, no. I just heard his name and got, like, blinded. <laughs> no, he mad. spent most of his time talking about Colin Kaepernick and how he's a, quote, oh my God. son of a bitch. Wait, okay, side... Okay. He literally called him a son... Uh, he didn't say Kaepernick's name, but he's like anyone who's kneeling, son okay. of a bitch. I'm going to close my NFL rant vis-a-vis brain damage with fuck it. I'm going to open my next rant Yes, <laughs> with a thing that's recently happened. And I'm not sure if it happened in, um, in our area or if it was elsewhere. But did you see the thing with um, like a peewee football team? These eight-year-old kids asked their coach if they could kneel during the national anthem. Go on. Have you, oh, have you heard about this? I don't know okay. if I have. This has been my obsession this week. Um, so my really unhealthy way of dealing with stress is... <laughs> is yelling at strangers on Facebook. And I know it's awful. This is healthy. It's my therapist does not want me to do it, but <laughs> she, she, she doesn't own me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so these eight year old uh, kid football players um, went to their coach and said, we want to kneel during the national anthem. And he said, as long as you understand what it means and what you're doing. And I think he either talked to the parents or made sure um, they cleared it with their parents or whatever. Um, then he has no problem with it. <laughs> and Facebook being the fucking cesspool it is. So I'm in a, um, like an Aurora or a Naperville, like Facebook group because okay. I hate myself, I guess. And I have just been getting flame wars because people are They're mad about this. Haven't so mad like so mad it is mad <laughs> like it is 
It is the most bonkers, next level crazy thing that people are mad about this. Like, I support Colin Kaepernick and I support anybody who like uses their free speech, especially in an unobtrusive and nonviolent way like like Kaepernick is doing. But holy Christ, are people fucking mad about this? And it made me think, and I want to get your opinion. Okay. When you, so we go to a Cubs game together, right? Yeah. They play the national anthem. We stand yeah. up or do whatever we want to do. What does the national anthem mean for you? Uh, at that point, it's a ritual, okay. whatever. So I kind of think the same thing. I don't think much of it. It's not an anti or anything. It's just like, mm, yeah. just get to the game. Right. And I kind of feel the same way, or it's more like a like a cool Go America, like our country's <laughs> dope thing. It's like a pop song I mean, it's very game. like, it's like a jingoistic kind yeah. of like saber rattling type deal. So... It seems to me, and I would love to hear from listeners about this, it seems to me that the disconnect is a lot of people see the national anthem as specifically honoring veterans, hmm. which is never a thing I have thought of. But So kneeling during the national anthem means just, you hate the vets. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where I kept like seeing this weird disconnect. And I, it's honestly a thing that's never crossed my mind, but I also didn't grow up in a military family. Like I right. didn't grow up in a military area. So that I don't, I doesn't make any sense because what do they fight for? They fought for a right to have the oh, first girl, amendment. I I'm know. trying to make a logical case, but they're not interested. No. In yeah. A hundred percent. And like, it is weird to me that people would get more upset about Kaepernick or anyone else kneeling than they would the people getting brain damage because of the game. That, that seems like exactly a misplaced priorities and anyway. And so, of course, like, I moonwalk into those comment sections, and I'm like, hey, what See, are you... you just got to do what I do and not have friends. <laughs> just don't talk to people. I'm sorry, do you think I'm friends with these people who <laughs> are yelling at me on the internet? I'm not. <laughs> the only people I'm friends with are people at the dog park, and I don't know their first names. I know them as their dog's That's names. That's how you do it. <laughs> it's excellent. <laughs> Could not recommend it more. <laughs> Now that we are done talking about Wheaton. <laughs> we need to stop doing these at night. This is a dumb I show. I know. That was, <laughs> we have no other option. Um, so the world's going to end tomorrow on a happier note. This is according to some, quote, Christian numerologist. It's like one dude. This is what's funny. Remind it's me what numerology is? A guy who finds significance in numbers. So basically he's saying, well, according what, to. Jim Carrey movie 23. Uh, I didn't see that one. I but that pro- It sounds like something Jim Carrey would do. Uh, According to David Mead, who is this numerologist, there are some passages in Luke that point to the idea that hurricanes and the eclipses are signs of the apocalypse and therefore somehow a planet's going to pass our solar system and then the world's going to end tomorrow. The world is definitely ending. That's right. And the last sounds are going to be me talking about yelling at people on the internet. Here's what's entertaining about (laughs) this. Because I love it when people say the end of the world is happening, which presently evangelicals believe like they're going to be raptured and an apocalypse is coming. This mm-hmm. is a standard belief. Sure. But only the fringe folks put a date on it because the Bible says something about it. you How will do not they know. Do that again? Uh, they is use that what math. numerology is? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's finding the it's connecting dots that only exist in your head when it comes to these numbers. But this guy is like, no, I figured it out. The date's tomorrow. Oh, and you did? remember, like, a few years ago, the guy famously Harold said... Yeah, Harold Camping. 
camping. camping. He's like, the world's going to end on this date. It didn't. And then he had to apologize because he staked everything on that but wait, date. Wait, before he apologized, didn't he say like, oh, no, no, I miscalculated. It's two months from now. He didn't. Oh. He, it, he was like, I screwed up. I don't know what to do. And then he y'all. died years later or something. But David Mead is like, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. It's tomorrow. What's interesting to me But is, when did he announce this? Um, like yeah. recently, right? I think or he no. got attention recently, but he oh. announced it a while ago, and okay. this is a date people have been looking at for a long time for dumb reasons. <laughs> What's interesting is that I've so seen so what, many... September 23rd? Third. Yeah. Uh, I've seen many Christian publications that are basically saying, this is garbage. Don't listen to what this guy is saying. First of all, Christian numerology is not a thing, sure. they say. And second, like, no, the Bible says you will not know the date. So, like, this guy's oh, saying, really? yeah, this guy's saying he knows the date <laughs> is just flat out unbiblical. We don't know when Jesus is coming back, is their argument. But it's definitely in our lifetime. <laughs> it's definitely in our lifetime, says the same people, right? But what's funny is hearing these people, like, dismiss this guy for his kooky beliefs and yet they believe so many other kooky things themselves. Like, you, you're not allowed to say that guy's an idiot because he's making sense of the mm-hmm. Bible and trying to say this and that when they do the same thing no. about equally idiotic things. That's honestly one of my favorite say things world. to watch is like, <laughs> where is your line? Yeah, the world's not going to end tomorrow. Now, let me tell you about how the earth was created 6,000 years like, ago and Adam and Eve were real. turns into the body of Christ. Different group. Oh, what are we talking about? Uh, well, no, but I'm just saying, like, in general, with religion, gen- religion yes. at all is just like, like I will believe that this cracker definitely turns in the body of Christ in my mouth. Yeah, but gay people being in a relationship <laughs> is like fucking unheard of. Like, it's yeah. just that was a terrible. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> like, you can't promote like your myths as facts, but that guy's beliefs are Which ridiculous. I feel like that would be the best. You're in no way position to say that. That would be the best way I would think to like get through to somebody like that. Like, you know how you felt when Harold Campion was like the the world is defo ending in a week and a half and you're like okay <laughs> that's how I feel every time you say anything <laughs> so yes the world's not gonna end by the time you're listening to this but I'm sure it'll be know. fun to make fun of people who think it is you can listen to our dulcet tones as the world burns you're welcome <laughs> we're the last things you'll Isn't ever hear which is exactly when you want to go aren't we okay? <laughs> uh, let me give you alright let's go to something a little happier a woman in North Carolina created something that will be useful to everybody. Oh, God. It is Bigfoot spray. Finally. Yes, Bigfoot attracting spray. <laughs> because if you spray it on yourself, the Bigfoots will come and find you. Wait, it gets better. She says field tests, field tests have been done. Field tests have been done. They sprayed themselves and then saw Bigfoot. I guess their video camera was off, but <laughs> let me quote you. Wait, let me no, quote you what she be, says. Wait, can you please double check that it's not the onion? Because I will not be had this way. It's not. This is the best moment of my Allie life. I'm Megan, so glad it's on film or on recording. <laughs> Allie Megan Webb added in a quote, to attract a Bigfoot, you need a smell that's woodsy enough to keep from scaring him off. Sure. But slightly different enough to make mm. him curious and come to investigate. So it's like... Wait, wait, here's the best part like about the story. sexy Bigfoot smell. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about this is she says, we did the field test and we actually attracted a Bigfoot. Yeah. There's a guy who's like, no, that was just me in a Bigfoot costume. <laughs> <laughs> 
He claimed responsibility for being... He was reenacting scenes from Gilgamesh. And I'm going to show you, Jess. Here's what this guy was wearing. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This is what he was wearing. He does not look like Bigfoot. He looks like a dude in like an Ewok... He looks like a Wookiee. Wookiee costume. Like it's not... He was walking around. They saw him. They're like, our scent worked. Let's sell this shit. And then they just like let him leave. They were like, <laughs> they, let they just like flag apparently. him down. Like, hey, I guess it could have been worse. Hey, Mr. Bigfoot. <laughs> so Mr. she's Foot. selling that. And I want to let me go to one more thing. Wait, I'm sorry. Yes. Just the fact that she calls it big. So when I <laughs> Bigfoot attraction <laughs> spray. <laughs> but you call it. Wait, does she call it Bigfoot spray? No, or do me. you? Okay. Because I was going to say, like, when I put on bug spray, I'm not like, come at me, bugs. Come get this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and she's in North Carolina? Yep. I thought Bigfoots were in the Pacific Northwest. Well, what do you know about the mythological creatures that only existed, like, now? Well, I'm not going to go look for the fucking Chupacabra <laughs> and like, London. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what the actual name is? Tell me everything. Bigfoot juice. Because it couldn't get more Guys, discuss- this is a fun <laughs> podcast. It's canceled. This is the best thing. Oh. Oh, Bigfoot. Is it? a weird oh God. porn movie Hemet, waiting to happen. This is, like... Maybe the most important thing you can ever say. How is, how is juice sm- spelled? It's spelled juice. God damn it. If it was J-O-O-Z, <laughs> I would have spiked this microphone. Here's what's weird. There's another story along the same lines juice. this week. <laughs> There's another story. And this time it involves Gwyneth Paltrow, who sells all sorts of BS oh, on her, her site, The Goop. Vampire? Goop. Vampire. vampire spray? Yeah. It's called Psychic Vampire Repellent. If you spray it, the vampires won't come. So tonight, we had to do this, like, I was having a movie night with some friends, and we watched Seven, which is my favorite movie, and Gwyneth Paltrow is in that. And it's, like, 1995, so it's, like, height of, like, Gwyneth Paltrow being a regular human who seems to have, like, Earth logic apply to her. Mm-hmm. And it made me, like, sincerely mournful because I really like her as an actress. (laughs) She's excellent in that movie. How'd you go from Shakespeare in Love to Psychic Vampire Repellent? Shakespeare in Love when I was younger. (laughs) What's weird is the spray. I don't, I guess how this works is if you spray it, the vampires won't come. And then some idiots will buy this and say, there are no vampires here. I guess the spray worked. Fucking nailed it every time. Yeah. Sir, I have alien spray I'd like to sell you. Best part is they the Goop store actually got this product from a place called Paper Crane. And if you go to the Paper Crane website, it's a they goop. sell the same thing for like four bucks less. Well, how so much is it? How much is let the spray? Me, uh, way too damn much. Tell me how much. Uh, 30. 30 American dollars. Uh, and what are the ingredients Tell in me. this psychic vampire repellent? If it's not 100% repellent? garlic and crosses, I'm leaving. Reeky. Sonically tuned reverse osmosis <laughs> water. Oh my god, what? Rose water. So I'm gonna let me get to the good stuff. You did already. Therapeutic grade oils of colon, rosemary, lavender, and juniper. Elixirs of colon, oh. ruby, black tourmaline, Wait. aqua aura. Ruby is a. I, I don't know. Okay, keep going. F- uh, pyrite, fluorite, ametrine, garnet, bloodstone, tiger's eye. Labradorite, Numite, and oh. clear quartz. So what the hell is s- any of that? So when they say essence of like quartz, they definitely like took a tank of water and dropped like a couple from the of toilet. Quartz. 
put some dye into the liquid. No, they just like dropped a ruby in like a fucking outdoor swimming oh, pool. Oh, I wouldn't give them that much credit. They and didn't drop a ruby in this thing. Gwyneth Paltrow has rubies. She charges 30 bucks for garbage. She's like, of not course giving she up has her rubies. rubies for this. She's got jade shit she's shoving off her chach. Like, she's got money to spend <laughs> on rubies to put in like Olympic sized pools. Yeah, it's I guess like, it's better that they didn't say jade eggs uh, were in this thing. Bl- I, so, I just. People getting rich. She was so good in seven. Was she? I'll take your word on Have that. Have you ever seen seven? I don't. Do, what, what do you know about me in movies? Okay, that's on. Un- if somebody's keeping track of the shit that Hammond hasn't seen, <laughs> we're putting. Y'all need to donate to our Patreon because <laughs> I don't want to watch Star Wars, but I will. But what I do want to watch is seven again. And I literally watched it two hours ago. I would watch that one. It's excellent. Uh, we should just watch it anyway. I Because we're done. Wait, am I your friend? Because you say you have no, no friends. No, this is true. We're. Cohort. We're colleagues. Question. Yes. We're professional colleagues. That's it. You're cut from my friend's circle. <laughs> Let me go to um. one last story here that I have, which involves... Uh, okay, it's it's infuriating at times, but it Whatever does have ha- a happy ending. I thought ending. we were going to end unhappy. Okay. This does have a happy ending. Here's the story. Jehovah's Witnesses have this belief that you can't get blood transfusions. Sure. Uh, they believe there's a Bible verse that says... You cannot like it says, eat in blood. the future when you need to have blood transfusions because no. we understand how germ theory works and we understand that we can replace your blood with blood of your similar type and it will heal you. Don't do that though. Love God. Not what it says. <laughs> Leviticus, because that's the book you want to quote, says you must not eat the blood of any creature. Anyone who eats it must be cut off. No vampires. Yeah, but they take that you need as that vampire spray. That's what they need. They somehow interpret that as you can't get a blood transfusion, even if it's like your own blood that you store. Wait, for really? Later. I, you can't get a blood transfusion. Actually, I don't know about that one, but but you can't get blood transfusions. So, 14-year-old girl in Montreal has uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, mm. cancer. It's bad. She needs chemotherapy. That's what the doctor said. And part of the thing is when you go through that procedure there is a chance you may need a blood transfusion. It's not guaranteed, but it's like, hey, this may happen along the course of your treatment. So we need permission, uh, even if you're 14, we need permission to do the blood transfusion. Mm -hmm. And the law actually says 14-year-olds do have that uh, a say in this sort of thing. They're not minors where the parents make all the decisions. Oh, I see. Even though our parents are Jehovah's Witnesses and would have said no. She had a choice, and she said, no, I'm devout. I don't want to get the blood transfusion either. Okay. And that's not a death wish, per, de- death wish per se because it, she may have not needed it. It's sort of the equivalent of saying, like, a DNR. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm going to die. Right. then I don't want you to do this. Right. And the doctors are like, we need to have this option on the table. And so what do you do if you're a doctor? Because she's too young to make that decision to die. So the doctors, <laughs> yeah. here's what the doctors did. They went to a court in Montreal to a judge and said, we need to have the right to do the blood transfusion because that's what she needs for her care Mm. in order to live. And thankfully, the judge said, I am going to give you that option. The doctors get to override whatever this girl wants because it's in the interest of saving her life. That's what the judge decided. It was the right decision. Like, if you're older than 18, if you're an adult, and you say, I don't want a blood transfusion, then yeah. it's stupid, but whatever. That's yeah, your decision. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not thrilled with the But when you're 14, yeah. and you're not an adult, even if you have the legal right to say, I don't want to do this, or whatever, 
it seems like, you know what? Let the doctors take over. Like the same reason we don't let 14-year-olds drive rental cars. Like, maybe you're <laughs> not going to make the best choices in yes. your life. Uh, I remember, okay, so I went to med school for a year. In the orientation, okay, right, hold Hammond, on, hold on, I'm going somewhere brag. with this. In the orientation week we had, they uh-huh. made us read a book. And it was uh, it was one of those books where it's, what was it called? The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down. <gasps> Oh, about it's, the kid it's a, who... It's a Hamong family is the culture. Oh, yeah, I read that in uh, I didn't read college. that. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's why you failed out of medical school. I passed med... I left it on purpose. Oh, sure. That's what you tell your parents <laughs> and your kids. I have the grades to prove it. It's just it, you damn and it. me and our four listeners, Hammett. You can be honest with <laughs> I us. swear I didn't fail out, but I didn't read that book. No one read that book, but I heard it was good. But the, I, I remember, it. I do remember having the discussion during orientation with everyone where they were like, how would you handle a culture that does something that, you know, they believe, I think it was about epilepsy or something. Yeah, it was like, about uh, like grandma seizures of that before they, we understood what seizures were. See, I read the fucking nice book job. in college. Nice job. It was about seizures. And before we understood what seizures were, they thought it was like a spirit coming into you and possessing you. And it makes you and literally it, physically fall down. Tell me if I'm wrong here. They said, we don't want you to treat that epilepsy because it's a a spirit a a spiritual thing yeah and so the question is as doctors what do you do fucking literature major for the win mr (laughs) fucking medical school how dare you it's one year i don't get you're not better than me (laughs) i'm sorry i'm tired and getting surly drink your damn wine (laughs) (laughs) non-friend so i remember in these discussions Across the board, everyone was like, you got to respect the culture. You can't just say we're going to treat you over your wishes. Like, you have to respect what they want. I'm pretty sure at the time I was probably in on that, too. Or I didn't speak up against it. Right. But now, now, in retrospect, I'm looking, I'm like, no, yeah, no. Who cares if it's affecting God. a kid yeah. and you're a doctor and you it's have a chance to make thing, it better? Right? It's the kid thing. It's I don't care. Like, if it, cultural stupid reasons to do this, I don't want the treatment. Right. Whatever. You're an adult. Make your own decisions. Right. I, but if you're a kid and you you're you think you're making the decision, but maybe you were raised in it and your parents are telling you this is the decision you should make, I'm all for the doctor stepping in and saying, no, we're going to take care of you. That's our job. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because, I mean, you definitely can pull, like, a 14-year-old if they're, like, with abusive parents, like, to save that child. You right. can pull them out of their home. Yeah. Man, that's... So... Ethics are tricky, huh? What? Yeah. So good for the judge, good for the doctors for yeah. taking the right step. And when she's an adult, whatever. But maybe if she can make it through this treatment, and I hope she does, maybe there's a chance she comes to her senses on all this stuff down the road yeah. and realizes it. Now, one question I do have is if she needs a blood transfusion and she gets it, I, I'm seriously worried. Can she worried. stay in her... Can she stay in her faith? Is that what you're... Um, more like, are they going to kick her out of the faith? That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if she has a blood transfusion, she has broken the religious law. And like, what are they going to do to her? Are, is her family going to shun her, this cancer survivor, for having a blood transfusion? Because that sounds downright cruel, but religion's not known for not being cruel. So I don't God. know what's going to happen. Do, look. <sighs> I The thing about religion is that I cannot think of a I cannot think of a thing that I would be taught that would allow say my husband to die or you to die or like my best friend to die let alone like my fucking child right and I don't have a child I have a dog whom I love very much I don't have a human child and I cannot ima- I can't imagine looking at my dog and being like hey Dottie Hinson you're a very <laughs> good girl I tell you that all the time but I don't think 
you can get this thing that will save your life, but I don't think it's okay. So like later. Yeah. And that's my fucking dog. And if and I've had her for six months, and I'm <laughs> like, and if the dog or your kid died, uh, the problem is these parents think these are like martyrs. You died for a good reason. That's, God wanted you. It's horrible. Do you want to end on a happier story since that was very depressing? Yeah, Jesus, yes, of course I do. Uh, I thought that was a happy story. It was clearly not. Are Here's, you sure? I thought it was happy because the doctor stepped in and they can yeah, save it. Well, I can drag anything All right, down. There's a conservative activist. I'm the iceberg to this <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> nice. A conservative activist, E.W. Jackson. He was talking to a guy. I bet he's racist. About, uh, he's Sorry. black. Nice job Fuck. there. Uh, it, but yes, he is, I think. I feel like I've that's fair. If that. you have two initials as your first name, that you're probably racist. <laughs> what does that they, mean, Jessica? That doesn't mean anything. Drink your wine. Both men Stop that it. they interviewed here, they were like, homosexuality is bad. These, that's what these guys talk about. Good sense. But why is it bad? According to the guest of Jackson, his name is David Kupelian. Uh, he writes for WorldNet Daily, our very conservative website. Kupelian says this. Four-year-old kids in preschool. We have four-year-old kids in preschool where we have lesbian and transgender teachers. They go in and they show two women kissing, two men kissing. There's a natural ick factor where children who have not been corrupted will say, ick, that's gross. Many things to dissect here. First of all... A lot to talk about here, Hammett. This is not what teachers do in preschool. They do not show these movies. They don't show any movies no, of anyone kissing. No, I remember my teachers making out in front of the class yeah. and being like, hey, <laughs> you slip them the tongue at this point. Right. Second oh, thing... Stop it, Jessica. Second thing, I don't know a kid who sees anyone kissing and says that's not gross. <laughs> that's just what they do. They're like, yeah. ew, no. It doesn't matter if it's mom and dad. It doesn't matter if it's mom or mom. Like, they're just, ew, no, that's yucky. Isn't that funny that kids will, like, literally shove dirt in their mouth, but they see two people kiss, and they're like, ew. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like everything is icky. Broccoli's icky, but you don't keep that away from them. Like, the ick factor is not a reason to not allow people to have yeah, rights. Yeah, and, like, hey, dude, maybe, like, four-year-olds aren't the people who should be making moral judgments <laughs> on our society. Right. <laughs> because they would be anti-naps. <laughs> Yeah, just saying <laughs> kids are grossed out by this, <laughs> therefore, whatever we want to do with what LGBT a dumb people. Dumb fucking piece of logic. <laughs> hey, Heaven, yeah. your oldest daughter is. Almost two. Almost two. What kinds of things does she hate? Everything. Cool, cool, yes. cool, cool. I, so, we, and that is how I base all my decisions. <laughs> yeah, she was hanging out here before we recorded last time and was throwing peanut butter crackers on the ground. That so, we as right. a society are like. We're done with peanut done butter. Done with peanut yeah. butter crackers. Yep. Yep. God, so, people are so dumb. Like, every time you that use dumb? that ick factor, it says so much more about you than it does the kids that you're talking about. Yeah, and if you call anything icky that's not like a bug, I'm kind of <laughs> judging you. Right. So let's end on that note. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know how to reach us. Hemant Meta, at Hemant Meta on Twitter. Uh, Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-O-R-I-E. Uh, Patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. And please, again, uh, I would really appreciate it on a personal note that uh, we wrote this book with Camille. Yeah. Go to Kickstarter. Search for Queer Disbelief and please chip in if you find that book interesting. I promise you, you are going to read it and you're going to like it because it's a really good book. Yeah. And I'll talk to Camille soon and we'll post that as a bonus episode on this channel. Cool. My Etsy shop is uh, Bitches Get Stitched Done. Use offer code Atheist. I'm like 85% <laughs> sure um, to get 
out a certain amount. It doesn't work. Email see. us yeah, at the just, podcast, and we'll fix it. You can just reach out to me through through Etsy. Um, hey, uh, I we never say this, but go into iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Oh yeah. Um, I sometimes. Did am- you know that iTunes is finally with the new iOS? They're going to actually give analytics for all the podcasts on so iTunes. So we can know how many people. So are we can listening? know how four people are listening. Oh, I cannot wait to see where they live. I know. Is that how analytics? Work? That's so not how it works, but it will. We'll say so. Sure. Thanks for. Yeah. No, but we yeah, can find no, out pop on listening there. and all that good stuff. I I so went on it. What Jess is saying, if you like and subscribe and rate us well, yeah, rate us that helps. It does help, and I also have probably read all of the reviews on there. Have you? Oh yeah, people still love to complain about my voice, huh? Nice. That's not something they're over. I shouldn't have written all those things. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. Uh, thank you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Um, shoot us an email friendly at the yes. podcast at g- gmail. That's the gmail. one. Gmail.com. We like to hear from you. I have an office job. I need to read emails now. Nice. I'm bored. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry. Bye. It's so late. <laughs> <laughs>